Gordon's alive. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait those broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Pinney. And we're going to be joined later by the international playboy that is Gordon Henderson. He's still getting himself through customs, so hopefully he will be able to join us once he gets through that. And the, the glove has been removed from his anus. That is all to come. But see, before we move on, someday when I was in Annan last week, asked me if Gordon had died because you'd made a joke about him being on the other side. <laughs> no, he's, he's he's not dead. He's and I think you also said about him going to a better place. And I was like, well, technically, I'd imagine Uruguay is a slightly better place than being in Annan. Um, but yeah, no, I can categorically from, confirm that unless it happens in the next five minutes of him joining, Gordon is not dead. Yeah. Oh, anyway, so, it would have been very. It'd been very flippant of us to have a show where Gordon yeah. had died, where we just made a joke of it and moved on. That, that fits the brand. Yeah, I mean, why change the habit of a lifetime, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we've been doing about East Fife every week as we have our slow death. Oh, come <laughs> I mean, it's episode, episode 99, which is very fitting because we are chatting about the flakiest team in Scottish football. Very good. Yes, we'll, we'll yes. get into well all of that. Um, yeah, you can't let us... normally with a flake, unless you're a mentalist, you eventually push it further and further down until it gets right to the bottom, which is also. Oh, I've never, good. I've never done that. I just take it out and suck it. Uh huh. That's what she said. Way. Oh wow. <sighs> And, and do you want to know what some people were saying to me at the game today? Like, oh, why is the podcast not been on? Like, really been missing it, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, literally four minutes into this chat, I'm like, this is exactly why. <laughs> well, if they'd been listening to our pre-record chat, then I don't even think they would have gotten this far. But we yeah. are going to be talking about football. We're going to be talking about East Fife. We're going to be joined by Gordon Henderson. And we'll be back with all of that after we hear from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. 
Our aim is to provide our client with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. Thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and Mays Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast of East Fife Football Club and they support us, go and support them. So yeah, we, we've had a couple of weeks off. We thought we'll, we'll wait until East Fife's fortunes turned around. Got a point today against Sterling Albion, so we thought let's just record right away. So this is getting done on Saturday night. We don't usually do it on a, a Saturday night. It does mean I haven't seen the game or any aspect of the game, but that is sometimes a blessing in disguise. So we will get into all of that. We'll get into some rumours that's going around, some chat about potential community buyout of the club. I don't know how far that is maybe going to go. We'll get into all that stuff. But the, the two of you were at, at the game today. Gordon was at the game as well, wasn't he? I believe so, yeah. yes. So, well, a, a point against one of the teams at the top of the table. Tell me about it, since I haven't seen it, Lee. How how was it? On paper, it, it looks a good result. It's two points dropped, Ah, in, in my opinion. Um, Sterling Albion were, were there for the taking, even with 11 men in the pack. I mean, the goal that they scored is a deflected free kick. Um, apart from that, don't get me wrong, Fleming had a couple of good saves, comfortable ones. Like I, It wasn't anything like the world-class saves that we would expect them to make. But from, from the start today, we just we went for them. You know, the, it, it wasn't like in the past where we've sort of pussyfooted around the teams. I would say we went toe-to-toe with them for the first time I've seen us do that really all season. There was physicality. There was um, some some really good passing. It was, it was almost like what we started to see from a Greg team when he came in, you know, that the style of play was good. Um, we just offer nothing in the final third. And where my concern about this East 5 team is, is, is how many times did a Jack Healy world bailed us out? Oh, is and that what it was today? And another Jack Healy Thunder bastard from 30 yards, top corner. Um, beautiful. But I mean, off the top of my head, twice against Stenhouse Muir, he did it against Stranraer, um, he did it again today. Um, how how many times do we have to rely on one of these goals from outside the box? Which, don't get me wrong, as a fan, is absolutely excellent to watch. And, and get oh, yeah, but most, most times they're not, they're going to fly over the bar. So they're not going to end up in the back of the net. But when it gets to being in the box, we are the jigsaw. We just go to pieces. Like, we can't get anywhere or, or test the keeper from in range. I mean, Healy should have scored in the first half. Um, Ferguson slips him in a beautiful ball and, and he just has to get it on target and he blasts it over the bar I think that the, the new sign in Denham looks like he could add a bit to our team but we still need two or three additions to, if, we, if we're going to if we want to push up the top half of the league which fans listen to this will be going oh my god we've had one draw against Sterling Albion and he's talking about looking at the top um, but I think that there is still only four points from the playoff spot if we want to to solidify our, our place in the league for next season, we still need fresh faces. Before I come to you, Doug, Gordon has just arrived, so we will just let him in. Gordon is a moron. Gordon. 
Oh, th- this the is sex exciting. appeal is back. Yeah. And by sex appeal, is it because he's the only one with hair? Ish. I, I think well, it no. must be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most, every, time we, every time we see him, his hair is escaping further and further back, but it's still there. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tactical retreat. <laughs> yeah, you, you're live on the show now, Gordon. Please do swear. Can you I mean, say, uh, and I'm Gordon Henderson, just, just because we've, we missed that part of you in the introduction. And I'm Gordon Henderson. Hey! And you're alive. Because Lee was pointing out that somebody thought that you were dead because I'd kind of made a flippant remark about you being on the other side. So. That I was in a better place, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, to be fair, you were. Yes. I mean, the four of us were back together, international jet setters. We've got Gordon just back from South America, me sitting here in North America, Doug's away to head off to Africa. And Lee, I believe you went down to the town centre today in Glenrothes. Um, well, to be fair, I've, I've been in Reading and London this week with work. So oh. not quite the same as... That's a foreign country. Um, yeah, and we battered them at the rugby today as well. So my trip down in the following yeah. week is even better. Fantastic. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get back to talking about East Fife in a sec. But Gordon, how was your trip to Uruguay? Uh, excellent, yes. Um, very hot, very nice. So uh, good, good to escape the Scottish winter and get into the nice South American summer. So it was uh, nice of Greg to colour about you. Yes, yeah, you've got a glow. I've got a bit of a tan. I mean, mm-hmm. I uh, horribly sunburned my ankles, but I always, always do, always sunburn mm. something there. That would be so. But it was nice that Greg sent you down there for some scouting. Did you come back with some guys? Yeah, I mean, there's this young guy. Um, don't know if anyone's ever heard of him, uh, Enzo Fernan- Fernandez. I think uh, he's. Um, I think Chelsea might be interested in him, so we might have just missed out. But ah, that's that disappointing. Did you have any chivitos this time round? I did have uh, one chivito. Yeah. Excellent. Out of ten. Um, oh, I'd give it a solid eight or nine. Maybe not the best one I had, but it was still very good. Every, every, all the food there is is good, so definitely come back a bit, a bit extra. Rubenesque. Yeah. What I'll, what I'll do? The Whitecaps have just signed a Uruguayan centre back. I'll get you on the call that I do with them, and the two of you can just chat about your experiences in Uruguay. Oh yeah, I mean we can speak Spanish, so yeah. Oh, even better. Can you speak Spanish though? Uh, un poco. A tiny. Oh, nice. See, my, my, my Spanish goes as far as the Kevin Bridges sketch where there's una mesa para cuatro, por favor. A table for four, please. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, Lee you, you missed out that un poco, if that's how you pronounced it, means fuck you, Lee. So you, you missed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coño. <laughs> do you know that one <laughs> right let, let's get back to, to football so all you've missed Gordon is Lee was given his impressions of the game today which is good because you won't have heard them so we can get your honest impressions in a sec but let's get a Doug How did, what did you make of the, of the game today and the performance uh Oh, look, overall very good. I mean, I think if you'd offered a point before the game, I mean, I certainly would have taken it, that's for sure. Um, it was just nice to see, as Lee said, 
we kind of took the game to them. I quite like sort of Shivoni through the middle. He won a lot in the air and just had that pace that kind of bothered them a bit. And with Healy and Denham, two Denhams now is very confusing. That was mm. that was unnecessary. Um, it, sort of either side, it, it at least added a bit of something. But you just you never overly thought we were going to score. I mean, yeah, their goal was unlucky for sure. I don't know whether the walls split at all. I'm not sure. Maybe see that in the replay or, or not, but. You can't really legislate for that too much, but um, look, the amount of shots that were deflected over for corners and, you know, there was a lot. I think, you know, the bottom line is, yeah, it probably is feel like two points drop, but it, I think it's a good point and it's a good performance after a long spell of dross. So I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll have to take a lot of positives from that today. Have to. Was this the first game of yours back, Gordon? Yeah. Oh, good luck charm. That's what it's been. Mm-hmm. We've been missing him. You're not allowed to leave ever again. That's yeah, what I thought, I think I, thought they might, I thought they might have been missing me. So, I mean, on paper, I was I was saying to the guys, I haven't seen it. Obviously, it on paper it looked like oh, we've steadied the ship. We've got a point against one of the teams at the top. How did it feel for you? And how how did the team look having been away? from it for a few weeks and you're getting back into it what, what was you how did you come away from the game I think um, obviously the results since I've been away it's been four games a couple of decent results at the start beat Elgin point against Steny although from what I've heard probably should have got beat and then two pretty bad defeats so I think it's coming back in a, like quite a bit of a low point um, and for that point of view I thought it was very positive today um, kind of broadly agree with what Doug was saying. It felt like a bit two points dropped. It felt like we had the chances to go and win it, but it was generally quite a good, solid performance. Um, you know, maybe not sort of outstanding, but I felt there were almost every player kind of had a decent game or at least you're not you're not coming away saying that was a bad performance. We looked quite solid. We we did create the chances to uh, to win it um, uh, I thought we looked a bit more solid in midfield that's somewhere where we've obviously been you know you, you feel like we've not really been controlling games in midfield very much um, them going down to 10 men obviously helped us but from that point on uh, you felt like we were well on top um, and I, I very much appreciated our tribute to uh, 90s girl band Bewitched by going double denim today Oh, Isla, uh, English cracked double denim today, whereas the one that I was saving up was is nobody else had the Pink Panther theme tune in their yeah, head. Yeah, I denim. had that when you denim. were talking about denim. it. Denim. <laughs> That's obviously an age obviously, thing. Obviously, there were three on the pitch as well. Yeah, yeah. It was a cacophony of denims. Yes. Um, and some spelt different. In fact, were they all spelt different? Yeah, it was too confusing. I think I think it's very important to not sign players of the same name, mm-hmm. which goes completely against my beliefs. Because if I ever win the Euro Millions, I'm buying East Fife, and I'm going to sign every single player who's going to have the surname Smith, just for a laugh. <laughs> Always be my dream. Didn't, manager. didn't Ross County have four or five players one season all called Ross? Yeah, they're two Ross Stewarts as well. 
Uh, our bro had a Hamilton affair. They liked to Hamilton it's... at one point. They had three or four, yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is where what we need to do. We just need to sign all the denims and we'll be fine. I think, yeah. confusingly, yeah. Hamilton also have a Hamilton, at least one Hamilton playing for them as well. Yeah. If, if, we do, if we do sign all the denims, we must. I mean, even a terrible commercial guy would be able to get some form of Levi-type sponsorship. Yeah. You beat me to it, Doug. <laughs> well, I mean, ob- obviously that's going to be in Lee's wheelhouse. I had heard rumours. we got a new commercial guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant commercial. I wasn't meaning that part of it. But I believe you've been trying to line up Tampax as the new shirt sponsor because we're going through a bad period at the moment. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't really... Other, bra- other brands are available. Yes. Um, I, I can't even... I can't even. Yeah, well, let's, let's just move on then. It's obviously been a few weeks since we've done this show. I've been saving all the gags. Is, is there is there, um, is there a kind of adult nappy brand? Because we've been a wee bit leaky at the back as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. There's a uh, depends. I, I, I believe I've never. Or Viagra, since we can't penetrate anybody either. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, keep them coming. Yeah. It's what my wife said when I got the Viagra. <laughs> yeah, Viagra's tagline. <laughs> I think this is the time I announced my resignation from the podcast. <laughs> so you think folks still have missed us, Lee? No, I don't. I really okay. Don't. Wait till we get to episode 100. We'll, we'll do our best of the jokes, so it'll be a two-minute show. <laughs> right, let's, as I said for about three times now, let's get back to the, the football chat. Their goal, tell me about it, because obviously our defence has been letting goals in all over the place. We'd spoken the last show that we did, Lee, I think it was three clean sheets we've had the whole season. Yeah. I mean, the, the plus side is we fought back from going a goal behind, but sometimes it's looked like that's as done and dusted as soon as we, we fall behind. Maybe not quite the same way as it was maybe two seasons ago when we were going through that horrible spell, but what was the, what was the goal like that we gave up? Um, on the back of clean sheets, maybe we can get Perzel to sponsor us. Um, that's the last one, I promise. Um, it was a lucky deflect, deflected free kick, um, is, is how the, the goal went in. And, you know, I, I would need to see it again. Obviously, not had the, the chance to see the highlights yet, but it, it looked a soft foul from, from where I was standing anyway. I don't know if, if Gordon or Doug will agree with me. I actually originally thought he gave a penalty because it was right on the edge of the box. And I turned around to the people, Isla and Stephen, that were sitting with me and I said, I've got a horrible feeling this is going in. And of course it did. And of course it was Greg Spence who couldn't kick his own ass when he was that ass um, and it deflects and goes in. But aside of that, it was it was, it was was a soft goal to lose, but it, I didn't actually feel like we deserved to be a goal down at that point either. So it was a bit of a sucker punch, but sometimes you've just got to take it on the chin. And, and when you're in the the position that we're in and and nothing's going for you. Those are the goals that always seem to go against you. But fight, fighting back at least shows that there is still some fight in the team, which I think a few of us were starting to, to wonder about. And it, it does steady the ship and it's something now to build upon. What's the crowd like uh, I today? Think... It was empty. That was the quietest I've seen Bayview in a long time. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, but I would sort of caveat that by saying I actually thought the fans were good today. Yeah. Um, I thought they were, even when we lost that goal, it was quite upbeat and, you know, they, they kind of got behind him and, you know, we'll come on to individual players later on, but, you know, reception Slattery got as it came past was almost yeah. lump in the throat kind of stuff. I actually think going back to their goal or actually going back to just after it, I felt the heads looked down and that red card came at the absolutely perfect time because mm. it was only, what, three or four minutes later maybe? And yeah. it, it just lifted them again. I think without that, I'd have been I'd be very surprised if we got anything. They just looked. I think because we'd actually played well, um, they just looked a little bit down. But then as soon as that red card came, you could you felt the momentum shift again. That's interesting then, because it's obviously without. I mean, games all about what ifs and buts and stuff. But it's like. It does sound like if that hadn't happened, we may have been talking about uh, another defeat today. I mean, what are the positives that you feel that they can take then from this moving forward, Gordon? Um, I mean, hopefully it's a bit of, a bit of confidence for them. I mean, I was saying during the game that because we played well at halftime, it felt like even just getting a positive result out of this, even if that's a draw, would feel like a big thing because I think when you are down at the bottom, similar to what Lee was saying, it can feel like even when you play well, you're just waiting for that sucker punch. And I think the fact that they got something, it was a positive performance, hopefully that that kind of carries through a bit. Um, I think generally the defence looked more solid than they have been for a while. Um, there was one pretty hairy moment with a, a, a short pass back, but I thought Quinn... Looks good. Um, it's the first time I've seen him. He's big. He's kind of commanding. I thought Denham had a good game. Uh, you know, steal it right back. It's clear he's not totally comfortable at full back, but, you know, defensively, he's he's solid. Um, I thought Pass Lattery played really well today. Um, I think that was a big positive. He won, particularly he was winning a lot of headers in the middle. Um, and he just sort of had a really solid game. Uh I think winger Denham uh, looked really good. And I think, you know, we've, we tried to play 4 4 2 or 4 across the middle a lot of the time. And I think since Baldi's gone, we've not really had two wingers. So we've not really had a kind of threat on both sides. And I think today with Healy and Denham, that, that looked quite good. I mean, we looked like we could threaten them. Um, and I, and I, I thought Shiboni had a really good game as well. Mm. Um, again, I've, I've not kind of seen I, I don't know how much he's played over the past month but I think that's the first time I've seen him start a game for a while and I thought he was really good again winning a lot of kind of longer balls winning a lot of headers kind of getting some knockdowns um, so I think there's a lot of collectively it was a a good performance and I think you know the lineup and the shape probably looked like it kind of worked today a little bit more than, you know, I know that's been a, a bit of a criticism over the past few weeks that people are looking at the lineup and thinking, you know, is that, is that what we're going with? Um, whereas today, I think it looked like we got it right a little bit more and, you know, there was a few, a handful of kind of really encouraging individual performances. So I think on the whole, it's today was really positive. 
can I bring us back down to earth? And it makes me sad to be this guy, but I need to be the Debbie Downer because I think we're actually losing sight of the fact that that's still one win in 11 games, right? It's, it's piss poor form. We should have won today. We had chances to take today and we didn't. It's not good enough still. Um, we need to improve if we want to stay in this league. We're seven points clear of Bonnie Rick who have got a game in hand and Alvin Rovers have got a game in hand. Next week is massive. Absolutely massive. Sterling today, we're without Dale Carrick, who we know is a top, top player. They're out fathering them, who was recalled. So they're a kind of side that were a bit disjointed today because they're they're out two of their or three of their, their best players. Um so although it was a, a good point, it's a point, it's not three. And if we want to stay in this division, we have to start winning games and we have to start being more creative and we have to start taking chances. If we think about the goals that we've scored. We, we are scoring only goals really from range. We're not we're not really scoring from set pieces like or from headers. We're not scoring goals really from inside the box. Between penalties and long range efforts, they've been a lot of our goals this season. And we we still need to add players into this team. It has to be done. We've got another couple of weeks, but and this is no slight on Denham, who obviously has just come in. But he's another 19-year-old kid, you know, and I know that age doesn't always matter. We've had some really good 19-year-olds. We've equally had some really shite ones as well. But we've added Johnny Page. We've let Mercer go. We've brought Agnew in, who doesn't look like he's there to to play. You know, I think he wants to coach. I don't think he wants to play. Um, We still need a striker. We still need a winger. We still now have one natural fullback in our team which is Stuart Murdoch, who is injury-prone. So today we played, and, and even Stuart Murdoch's actually a centre midfielder who converted to right-back. So technically we've no natural full-backs. We've shoehorned Liam Newton into left-back. We brought on Brogan Walls at right-back today. What the actual fuck was that, by the way? That was absolutely madness. So let's not take the shiny thing that, that happened today in the point and let that deflect from the reality that we could still end up in some serious trouble. None of you guys were at Annan last week, and it was one of the worst games I've ever been to as an East Fife fan, ever. I've seen us be tanked by teams, and I felt like it was <laughs> painful than that. So I think, although today was good, let's not lose sight of actually we're still in a clusterfuck. No, I think... Yeah, I think- no, I- I think everything I was saying, it's not to that's that's like the game in isolation today, but the reality is a point does not change our form. And our form is bottom of the barrel. Um, you know, that's absolutely true. We're still it, it, it is as much as there might have been positives today, you know, it is it is just a point and we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna be comfortable. We're gonna be in danger if all we do is get a point. Now and again, absolutely. Yeah. I was just looking at the form guide there. Like aside from Bonnie Rig, who are just in a horrible run of form, but they're not getting blown out of the water. They're just losing by one goal most weeks, which is something that you can turn around. Maybe Albion Rovers unbeaten in, or sorry, one defeat in four, two wins and a draw. So they've started to turn it around, and they're starting to to climb the table. 
I think we're lucky that two of the teams that's below us are Stranraer and Bonnyrigg, who don't seem in good form either just now. It's how we push on from this, though, that is going to be the key. Because we do seem awful at home. And we did look at the, the fixtures that were coming up and it was a concerning month. But, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to paint an, a, a positive picture because we got the point. Yeah, but it is still, yeah it's, it's still think, very worrying. And, I mean, you've you got to think, right? On the last day of the transfer window... We received a fee for, for Mercer. We must have known we were going to receive a fee for Mercer. Why aren't we going out and putting a and and trying to buy a player? You, you know, you, you look at Kelty going and buying TB Daramola. Why are we not going to Linlithgow and asking for Mark Stowe and paying the money that he's banging in goals at Linlithgow? Let's go and actually go out and get a player for the position that we need instead of fanning about for lack of a better expression, and hoping for a loan. Because now, the situation that we're in, that's all we could get is loans or free agents, right? Yeah. And the players that were going to be loaned out have probably been loaned out now because that'll have been happening towards the end of the transfer market. Teams that say maybe Greenock Morton or wherever have signed the players that they, they want to sign. So they know that their squad is the way it's going to be and probably don't want to let anybody else go because if they get an injury... You know they're not going to bring these players back, so there's for me. I'm I'm still massively concerned that this squad is not good enough. It's it's where the goals I are going to come the, from. Yeah, the the one for me. I mean, I messaged you guys in the group chat about the day after the transfer window shuts should be the day where there was loads of transfer activity that day because that's what all the clubs are doing. They've waited. They've had an agreement with say Motherwell. If you bring in X, Y, and Z, then we'll take X, Y, and Z on loan and that, you know, and these transfers were happening all the time and there was just nothing. I mean, that's one of the weirdest transfer deadline days. <laughs> it's an easy way. I mean, no offence to Jonathan Page, that's mental. I mean, yeah. it, you know, I don't get that. What's more mental is we got a fee for Scott Mercer, but we'll move on from that. Um, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, we, have, we have to get your thoughts on that. <laughs> to, have, to have no fullbacks... Because I said to I bumped in the lead before the game, and I said I can only assume that McDonald's had gone right. I'm playing three at the back. Yeah. that's going to be the formation I'm doing for the next half of the season. And then to go today and see Steele at right back and Newton at left, and then he brought on Walls. It was very bizarre. The only downside for me today was managerially, because Pat Slattery was excellent, but as soon as as soon as that red card went in. And as soon as we got on top, which was within moments, he had to come off because you didn't need a holding midfielder. You, you yeah. had Conor McManus, you had Agnew, whoever, someone that can, who's a better... Look, Slattery played really well in the dirty shit. Passing the football, it's not his forte. And any time he got hassled, it was, you know, a bit tough to watch. But God love him, he played very, very well. But you had to take him off. It was totally unnecessary having a holding midfielder on. And he did it eventually because Pat Slattery was knackered. That's the bottom line. That's yeah. why he took him off. He, it's, my brother said that last week at Annan was, you're getting pumped and you brought on one sub. You've got Rabin Omar who needs minutes, surely, at some point, mm. or he's a waste of time. So, like, if you're two or three nil down Annan with 10 minutes to go, get him on. Get him a run around. I just, I thought that was the thing that annoyed me today, was the substitutions or lack of was poor. Just that inability to, grab a game where you know you're now in the sense and go, right, let's go and win this. 
it's, it's, it's almost, and Darren Young was the exact same, by the way. So, it, you know, Greg's not getting a pass either because really you're looking at that game today and and I get the fact that he potentially wanted to use Pat to, to protect us from a counter, which Annan just countered us last week and, and cut us a hot knife through butter every time we went forward. However, I, I, sh- I shouted 10 minutes before, I'm like, we need Agnew on because our set pieces are terrible. So bring Agnew on for, for Pat Slattery. Get somebody else that could try and unlock that uh, Sterling defence because they didn't look great today. And, you know, even if Agnew's on the park and we get a free kick, you know, you've got a good chance of somebody that's going to be able to stick it in the back of the net. Troughton, who I thought had one of his better games today, was really, really good. But why take um, Shivoni off? Why not stick? Uh, with, was it Shivoni that came off? Am I right? Okay. Who did we bring off for? Um, no, I think Shivoni stayed on, him and Shepard, wasn't it? Shepard came on for. Oof. It was Slattery and Steele went off for Walls and. That's right. But I mean, ideally, I, we needed to go more attacking. And to me, it seemed that we were just we pussyfooted about it for too long. And the, the subs situation, is it, it just reeks that he doesn't trust the bench. But I mean, you're looking at it, McManus isn't, isn't match fit yet. Rabbi Nomar's not match fit yet. So there's not them they could go to. He would normally have brought Taylor Stephen on. He's been out with a knock. Um, so really, there's probably not much that he could have done there. But I mean... I've got another criticism of our, our, our forwards, and I don't know if it's due to the style of play that we're playing or what, but I watched it against... Um, in fact, I've watched it all season, so it's not just a McDonald thing. We are playing long ball forward, but our strikers don't sit in the shoulder of the man that they're, they're playing against, and both Shepard and Shivoni are quick. But if they're backs to goal and they're trying to flick it on, when there's nobody in there to run behind, then what's the point? It, it, it's completely futile, because all we're doing is we're flicking it on and hoping for the best. Whereas, at least if you play with two up front, um, Shepard and Shivoni, um, you, you could have one of them come short to hold it up, and then get the other one to play in the shoulder of the last man, and use your pace to get through one-on-one, because otherwise, we're not creating anything. Absolutely a- nothing. There was a good few times today where, I mean, you know, Shivoni did get a wee bit of a break, maybe, and there's nobody in the middle. Yeah. And, like, you know, you either you want Shivoni in the middle or... But that's know, that. the, the role that Troughton's playing. That's him to get there, but he doesn't have the legs to get in. And yeah. he's having to come so deep to collect the ball, he can't get to the other end of the park. Yeah. And that, that's a style of play thing. That that is, a, and it's also us not having the the right characters in our team. And what I mean by characters is just the person that's got that sniff of a goal. How many times did the ball break today, and nobody would put their fucking laces through it? No, or the the ball squirming across the side of the box. That's because nobody's got the nous to know where the ball might drop. Just that that ten to fifteen goal a season striker that knows where the ball's going to be and knows where the back of the net is. And we don't have that in our team at all. At all. It comes with having a young team, though. The football IQ is just not there. And that's yeah. what we need at this point of the season. We need some players that have it. And if we're looking at 
getting loan players, they're not going to have that either because they're going to be more young guys. You have to be hoping that there's some older free agents about that might... We can't... I'll tell you right now, there's no way we'll sign a guy who's going to score us 10 goals to the end of the season. No chance. Yeah. There's nobody there. Um, that, that ship's done. I mean, I, I agree. I think what's frustrating with both um, Shavoni and uh, Shepard, that sort of thing. I mean, there's so many times that Shavoni won the ball and then was chasing his own header. And then if he did win it, he would come out wide and there was nobody within, I don't know, 20 yards of him. And it happened yeah. so many times, someone would burst forward and you look up and there's nobody in the box. So it's like, just hold it back. And, you know, the amount of times we'd get it um, in the corner and then they'd pass it all the way back to steal it right back because there's nowhere to go and there's nobody to pass it to. I think, yeah, yeah I, look, I think the, I think, I think there's definitely big positives today, but we you just need we need that win. We need a one win just to hopefully. We had it a few weeks ago. We had it a few weeks ago. I know. I know. I know. We were all positive, and we all thought, "Oh, here we go! Great start to the year." Yeah. And and that's where I'm trying to not be Debbie Downer, negative Nancy, whatever you want to call me, but it's it's all relative. Our form just now is relegation form. It's that's a fact. Well, yeah. Like looking at the table, yeah. You, you look Annan's third. You've got Forfer and Fourth. They're making good Forfer, runs. They've made their additions in this division. But they they, they went out and strengthened. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that's the thing. They they might not be great. They might not be world beaters, but they're better than some of the shit that's below them, including ourselves. Yeah. Well, they went out. McKinnon went in, and they added four or five top top players. Um, and look at that, good players. Go in and win your games. Yeah. I, I said to you before the game, Lee, my worry about McDonald is, like he did all right at Sterling, it was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're you're slightly out of touch with who you can sign, you know, all this sort of stuff that, I don't know, I mean, that's where McKinnon's coming. He knows the he knows the leagues, he knows the players, and he's able to identify people very quickly. I mean, there's no doubt we'll have tried, like, constantly to sign players this window. There's, of course, I would assume so. Let's just assume they have. But what we talked about that, we're not an attractive proposition at all. No. At all. You know, and I just think, I think a Premier League club, if they had the options between a Forfer and an East Fife, it, I think it's a no-brainer that you would send them a Forfer. Yeah. Because you, you go with what you know, right? You, you go with the, the names that you've heard of, which, look, it's, it's factual. You know, like, Greg's a, a hero to us. But he's, he's maybe not as well known as, well, if that's no, there's no doubt about it. He's not as well known as a Ray McKinnon. He's not well known as a Gary Naismith or, or whoever, right? But, you know, if, if Greg can get us playing like he, he had us playing today, I always hack back to it, but like the Bonnie Rig game, the, the four for away game, where we played really good free flow and attacking football, then he could, I, I believe he could turn it around. But if we, if we get served up the shite that we had uh, Annan, um, and against Stran Ra, in, in these sort of games, you know, then one, but one win eleven is, is that fun, you know. I love Greg; he's my absolute hero. He's a great guy. But one win in eleven, and most clubs would be sacking form. And he's fortunate that he's got a board that that obviously clearly back him and think he's going to turn it around. I was really fearful today 
that if we lost this game, how volatile the atmosphere was going to be. Like yeah. Greg is, Greg's commented about getting the fans behind them at Bayview, which I understand. He got that today and the, the team performed. So maybe as fans, do we have a part to play in that? I don't know. But Doug, Doug was bang on today about the atmosphere. It's chicken and egg. It's chicken and egg, though, because mm. you felt like, you know, from very early, you felt like the team was kind of up for it, and it's 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 not necessarily just how well you're playing, but you you felt there was a bit of dig there, and I think that that gets the fans on side really yes. quickly in a game. Now, even when you go behind, yeah, fans might go a bit quiet, but they'll come back because they see the kind of the effort the players are putting in, and I think. Even within five ten minutes, you just get this feeling of they look a bit up for it today, and that gets you a bit up for it. Um, so it yeah, if, if you're watching players that look like they don't give a shit or they're not trying, you're the fans are going to be on their back from the start. Yeah. After uh, Anne and I'll, I'll, I'll say it uh, just because I have to mention Scott Mercer now. Is I mean, there for me, it's the perfect example of a guy you want to get rid of mm. because it's mm. a guy who shits out of every tackle. He wore the captain's armband, which for me was mental. And it, it's people like that that infuriate. It's not just me. It's, it's people all around me every week. Every You know, you, you can't, in this situation we're in, you can't have that. And no. I said at the start of the season, if you've got a really young team, as a fan, if you see them busting their arse every game, getting stuck in, trying to do the right thing, you, you give them so much more leeway because it's, they're, they're kids, you know, and in the main, it's kids. And we kept saying we're getting let down by our more senior players. And we've got rid of one. So, I mean, obviously I'm delighted, but I just think it's that it's that kind of atmosphere within the team that you need to change. And, I mean, going back to the signing players, my my other concern with Greg, would, a, would another manager of another team think that Greg McDonald's going to improve their player that they're signing on loan? They may well look at a Naismith, a McKinnon, and say, yeah, they've got more chance of really improving a player, whereas I, I just don't know if they'll see that in Greg. I mean, I, I said this in the last show. If I if I was an agent, if I was a manager, I would not send my player to East Fife right now. I don't see what benefit that is to the player because you're sending them to a team that's possibly struggling, fighting for their lives. Yeah, it can be the making or the breaking of a guy, but it can also be the, the big breaking of a young guy and you can completely destroy him. Do you really want to put a young player in that situation? And personally, I wouldn't. Well, my, my problem is well that they're not enough to trust us with them. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. I've got to say, when we announced that, I was very surprised. But then that that's down to to Greg's being able to convince him because apparently he's come to us over the opportunity to go to League One clubs, which, mm. and by the way, from what I hear, there was a couple of really good League One clubs in for him. So you've got to so. But maybe he wasn't going to be guaranteed a starter there and he's maybe a starter now, here. We don't know the ins and outs. However, you know, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, right? So if Greg's listening to this, and I hope he's not, because I, I don't want him to hear this, right? But, like, for, for as much as I'm saying that, like, you know, the, the form that we're in, sacking form and we're not in, in good, he's done well to, to bring a, a player of that ilk in. He did well to, to convince Scott Agnew to come back. You know, so we've got to, to give him kudos for, for doing what he did there. Um, however, it's, it's bleak at the moment. Before we forget, can we do three to ones? Yeah. I would, 
let's get straight into that then. So we've got three of you that can do it today. It's nice. So let's, yeah. let's start with Gordon, the new the new boy. The f- uh, fresh fresh eyes on the team. I can't remember whether I usually go from three to one or one to three, but I'll go from one point to three points. You've been away four weeks for fuck's sake. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Forgetting how to like write or use my computer. <laughs> uh, one point uh, I gave to Alan Fleming. Um, not necessarily like the busiest day he'll have, but I think he made two big saves, one in each half. Um, <clears throat> second one particularly got a, a kind of short back pass and he came out to kind of really had no kind of right to win that. It was like a 70-30 against them, but he got it um, very good. And yet another game where you, you know, you say to yourself, I wouldn't have even got that point if it wasn't for Fleming. Uh, two, Jack Healy, um, thought he had quite a good game and he scored a fucking ridiculous goal. Um, and again, you know, someone I was saying after coming out, as much as there was a bit of positivity, you think an absolute world day from Jack Healy. And if that had been two or three inches the other way, we lose that game, uh, which is pretty incredible. Uh, three points I'm giving to Pat Slattery. Um, I thought he just, you know, the amount of work he put in and like doing the dirty stuff. And I thought we just looked a lot better for having him on the park today. Uh, I thought that it was really nice to see him, you know, kind of coming back into team, coming back into centre mid and, and play really well. And I thought he did very, very well today. Doug, you can go next. Uh, same humans, different order. Uh, I've given one point to Pat Slattery. Um, I think the... Yeah, just almost the romantic in me wanted to give him three points. But I think when you really dissect it, as I say, on the ball, he's not very good. But it was exactly the kind of player we needed at that exact game. As I say, that I actually got a lump in my throat when he was when he was coming around because he'd gone off at the other side when he got subbed. And obviously he came around and it was kind of like a, I don't know, a, almost a homage to a guy who's been an unbelievable servant, ser- servant? servant to the club. And I think he, he played very well, but I didn't think he was that amazing. Uh, two points are given to Alan Fleming. Um, same thing. Two really big saves. Um, he's very, very good at those one-on-one running out and blocking. Um, maybe he's just too slow to get off his line. Um, but he was that, especially the one in the second half, because I think that was what ten minutes to go. Maybe. I mean, if we'd lost that, it would have been heads gone all around the, the kingdom of Fife. Uh, three points to Jack Healy. Look, the goal was sensational. Unbelievable strike. He also hit the inside of the post. I think it was him from the direct free kick, which looked, we were right behind it, looked all the way in and just hit the edge of the inside of the post and came out. He terrorised the, the fullbacks. I think two or three of them got booked for challenges on him. And it was one of those Jack Healy games where you're like, oh, why is he still playing for us? Do you know what I mean? But, and I, I said to Ewan that I was sitting with that I'm almost amazed that someone didn't come in with just like a 10 grand bid that probably would have been enough to get him, you know, because he's like there, there's games where you play and he's kind of anonymous, but that's his age and his position, I guess. But there's other games like that where he just looks the real deal. And I, I was a wee bit surprised that nobody's took a punt. They probably will in the summer, to be fair. Lee? 
Yeah, I mean, it's actually quite difficult today because there's probably four players or maybe even five players that I could put in. Um, you know, I feel like Troughton's probably going to be hard done by not being in there. I thought he was very, very good today. And although he had to has to drop deep to get the ball, he is our best player, all-round best player, in my opinion. Um, I'm probably going to get a bit of shit for this, but I've, I've not actually put Fleming in my, my top three. Um, although he made some good saves, there were saves that I would expect him to make. Um, and for that reason, he's not getting any points. I'm surprised that none of you has mentioned this player, but I thought Alex Ferguson was excellent today. Um, I thought he was really, really good. Um, so I've gone for a slightly different order. I'm giving a point to Jack Healy. Um, I thought that Jack was really good, um, drew a lot of fouls, which is good. His, his goal was great, but for me, he had to at least get that he shot on target in the first half or test the keeper. Um, that, for me, is more a composure thing, and he needs to work on his composure. And some of his deliveries of crosses, etc., that, that don't beat the, the first man, I think still need a bit of work. But all in all, he was a good player today. And of course, he scored the goal and got man of the match from, from the sponsors. But... Um, Two points um, I've given uh, Fergie Fergie. Did really well to, to win us the, the free kick and ultimately get the man sent off. Looked a lot more comfortable today with, with Pat Slattery near him um, rather than Kieran Miller. Um, so, and I think that he's been poor for weeks, Ferguson. Um, really poor. Um, so it was good to see him with a bit between his teeth today. Um, did see Liam Craig and... Alex Cleland at the game today watching him so maybe that's given him a little bit of rockets up his arse um, but he definitely needed it and three points for me Pat Slat um, I thought he was he was excellent and I, look I've been critical of Pat particularly when he played left back um, but great to see him in his in his natural position and, and, and like Doug said today um, standing evasion from the majority of his five fans and I love the guy I do genuinely love him. Um, just a, a great, a great person, been a great servant to the club, um, and ultimately a, a performance, a performance that I felt was, I'm still fucking here, and he's not had his chance this season at all, at all under Crawford or Greg, and I wonder if that could be a the shot up the arse that Kieran Miller potentially needs because he's been poor since the turn of the year, in my opinion. Um, so was Pat only back because Miller was suspended, suspended do you off. think, right? But so that's Pat that's the only reason you see that he came in today. Pat Starr is a first name that, next week. But Lee, Lee, that goes back to, you, I mean, your interview with McDonald, he talked about guys like Slattery and Williamson and, you know, they'll get their chance. He fucking hasn't given them their chance. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, when do you give a guy a chance? You give a guy a chance when everyone else has been shite. Do you know what I mean? Then you go, well... You know, if you're not going to take the chance now, you're never going to take the chance. Yeah. I just, yeah, Miller's been quite poor the last few weeks. And it's like, I, I said to, I think it was War at one game, I was like, well, there's no harm in chucking Slatter because you know for a fact he's going to work his arse off. And he knows the division and he's won the division. You know, you're looking for your experienced players. Yeah. There's Slattery. But equally, there's Kim Miller. And look, we've said for the majority of the season that he's a seven out of 10 every week. But actually, in, in, in the turn of the year, now he's sending off last week. We're, I don't want to go into that end game because it was fucking awful. Um, but, you know, his sending off was never a sending off. Um, and he was actually playing okay until that point. But neither of those two players are going to give you creativity, right? Um, but for me, Pat, 
Pat's earned his, his chance. Um, we've got a bounce game on Tuesday that I believe that um, Rabbi Omar and Conor McManus are going to feature in. So there's two players to, to come back into the four and, and, and Rabbi Omar's a winger, so it's, it's another option down, down that side. But for me, um, Pat fully deserved his three points today and we move on to, you know, a, a proverbial six-pointer next week. Looking at the table, we're still seventh. We're seven points off the bottom. We're four points off fourth. I, I think we can forget top four. I mean, even if we start to string some results together, I just can't see us making top four. I think it's just all about survival now. Am I being too pessimistic there? Do, do any of you still harbour hopes that we can turn something around and get into the playoffs? Not a chance. I'm not looking above. You know, when I look at other results now, I'm, I'm looking at Bonnie Rigg and Albion Overs. Now, you look at the league table and you say, all right, yeah, we're closer to the fourth than we are at the tenth. But that doesn't take into account the the poor run. You know, that that's points that we got earlier in the season. That's we runs we put together earlier that's got us there. You know, from, from more recent times, like Lee's saying, we're on we're on relegation form. We're not on promotion form. So I'm I'm looking down rather than up. Um yeah. There is more chance in Michelle Keegan kicking down my door demanding her hole for me than us finishing in the top four of the season. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, be the uh, optimistic one. Uh, I, I absolutely don't think we'll get top four, but if as long as you can hang about and still be, I mean, as you say, we're not that far away. At some point, hopefully, this form's going to turn around. I mean, all you need to do is look at Forfar, and I know it's slightly different with new manager, new players, etc. But I mean, they're now fourth, and we'll comfortably get playoffs. I'd imagine now, but. Yeah. <laughs> And interestingly, Forfar's one of only three teams that's actually scored less goals than us. I mean, here's a point. How shite is this league? Yeah. Very. To be honest, I'm not even particularly impressed with Sterling or Dumbarton. Um, I'll look at them. What I think, Gordon, if you look at the league above and you go, Peterhead and Clyde are shite, Mm -hmm. clearly, there's now... A real divide between oh, yeah. us yeah. twelve and the rest, wow. because really, you know, I mean, who's third bottom? Queen of South County, something like that. Aye. I mean, the the two of them would hammer all our division at the moment. I would imagine. It Whoever goes up this season or stays up this season is going to be relegation fodder next year. Oh yeah. So there's no point it's us going up because we're just going well, to be coming straight back down. League One is. You know, you've had this shift in Scottish football, and you now you've got clubs like Queen's Park, Cove Rangers, are both in the Championship, and then they've pushed down traditional Championship teams. Plus, you've got clubs like Kelty spending money, Montrose, who are just good now after 20 years of being shy. You know, league, there's the, the gap between League One and Two used to be nothing, and now I think it's pretty big. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, even when you go down into to non-league, and we won't talk too much uh, about this, because we'll maybe do another five, ten minutes and then round this show off, but like the, the Darville game against Aberdeen, um, f- for all you might think about Darville and stuff, and I put this in a group chat, I was listening to the, the owner off the ball last week, he said he hasn't put money into the club in the last two years. 
bullshit. Because they've become self-sufficient with the money that he's put in, and they turned a profit of 30,000 last year. I think that's a lie. Or that's massive. A, a little bit of creative creativity by like, oh, I didn't put money in, but Browning the Baker sponsored Darwin. Yeah. I guess, yeah. But, I mean, you've got clubs like that, and the only reason... I won't put East Fife into this yet, as big a mess as we're currently in. But the likes of Albion Rovers, the the likes of maybe Stranar, Elgin, who I know are above us now. Like, the only reason these clubs are kind of surviving is because the pyramid is so fucked up that they're keeping all these other teams down. There's so many teams that could go into the Lowdown League and genuinely push to get into the Scottish League. And like just now, only one team can go into the Lowland League. I think my only thing with that, a Darvel's not been uh, pushing and pushing for 10 years. You know, they've they've had a guy throwing money. Who's to say they would get into the Premier League? That guy dies, the money dries up, and then they're absolutely shite. I mean, there's been, you know, clubs that we've been around for a long, long time. Mm That was one of the questions, actually, that came into him on off the ball, but he'd left by then because he was away to the Darvel game. Someone wanted to know if something was to happen and you died or walked away, could the club survive? Because you look at Gretna and what happened to them. But again, we we talk about the difference between ambition, you know, and ambition just doesn't mean you've got a loaded guy. Because all these clubs you're talking about have got a loaded guy. Do you know what I mean? And it's like... Well, it's, it, yeah, it's more. You want to be a community club, you want to do stuff in the community. There's Ockenlake Talbot. Yeah, Ockenlake Talbot, Arthur, all those kind of mining Ayrshire clubs, they've got proper things. Clyde Bank, who have reborn. And like all these clubs are being held back because of the shit state of the pyramid system. That needs a huge overhaul. If that gets a huge overhaul, though and we don't start to turn things around, we could genuinely be in serious shit and just disappear. Uh, 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 like, I think there should be more promotion and relegation, but the other way to look at it is like, you know, say we go down now, coming back would look so difficult, but if you actually had it opening up, then going down would just be, it would just be like going down, you mm. know, have a good year, you go back up. Whereas now it's like, you know, you got to win your league, you got to win two playoff games, that's horrendous. But I mean, uh, maybe like a, I mean, one thing that people didn't expect. Well, I think Doug, you might have called it, but nobody else in the country called it that Bonnyrigg would be shite this year. Mm. Maybe that's. I, I I didn't see it. I thought they would genuinely be challenging for promotion. Because we've been used to Cove coming up, Kelty coming up, um, and I think you know potentially what we're going to see now is that. Teams coming up are going to struggle more. You know, they're not going to come up and just walk the league. I think some people felt, oh, all these non-league teams are going to come up and and you know kick the doors in and all the rest of it. But I think Bonnyrigg, who scooshed the Lowland League last mm-hmm. year, the fact that they're struggling, I think, does show that you know over a season you probably need to come up and strengthen to do anything. Yeah, I think Brecon could be the team. I was going to say, Breakin could be the yeah. team that if they come up, they might walk the league next year if it's as shit as it is this year. But, but you, you look at, I mean, I know we want to move on to the ownership thing, but you, you look at um, 
well, three things. Darvo, I mean, the, the guys talking about that they've been knocking on the door, they're still in the West of Scotland League. If they'd won that last year, they'd be, you know, they're not even in the yeah, they got beat by Trinette. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bonnie Riggs' team on paper coming up was terrible and they never made any signings. And they won the league. Brecon's team on paper is pretty pish as well. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I think that Brecon team in the our league wouldn't exactly be flying with like Biabi at Vina. No, they'd have to strengthen. But I think they've got the backing to do it. But these teams aren't like... Like, I actually think if the league remains as tight as ever, say it's not Bonnie Rig, I think the team finishing bottom's got a chance of getting through the playoff. Whereas before, it was always like, nah, they'll get humped because they've generally been really, really pish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally then, and we've touched on it a couple of times, and it ties in with just what we're saying about being community club and having funding and everything like that. It's safe to say we're in a dire state at the moment on and off the pitch. There's a meeting coming up. The there's interest in buying the, the club again, turning it into a proper community club. I don't know what you guys have heard on the ground. Is it more just pie in the sky, wishful thinking, or does this genuinely seem like a chance that something might happen? Because there's mixed messages coming out. The trust are hosting the meeting, but they said they didn't really know what it was about. And then there was a big article in the Courier this week about it. And then the trust issued a a statement saying, well, we didn't really know that this is what it was about and we haven't made our minds up on anything yet. So, I mean, even this part of it seems a bit of a mess. I think we're pissing in the wind. That's that's my honest opinion. Um, From what I understand, the cost of a share at East Fife is £4.50, right? Which has been for years. Right. And ranking shares at that price would mean he wants 460k. Like, where are we getting 460k from, right? And even if so, that's only the first part of the investment. That still mm-hmm. means that there's still 49% of shares that to be fully community-owned would have to be bought out as well, right? So if that's another, say, 400k, you need 850k, and then you need to invest in the team. Mm-hmm. So I would love nothing more than for it to happen. I'm just, I'm going to go to the meeting on Thursday with a complete open mind, right? And, and I'll do whatever I can to, to support it, to make it happen, because I would fucking love ranking to be out of our club. Honestly, I would, I would absolutely love it. You know, I, I, um, my dad helped set up the trust. I, you know, fully ingrained in the, the, the proposition to make it happen. However, I need to be convinced on what, community owned could do for us and, and how it would help us sustain us in a long term future um, because really looking at other community owned teams won't really do much Well I've mentioned on the show before I've been a, a big Wimbledon fan since they were reborn I've been a member of their trust since the early 2000s and they struggle to compete because they don't want the outside investment and then they don't have the funds to compete with all these other teams so it's not just the ownership side of it. Like, they could own it. They could be a community club. They could be great in the local leaving mouth community and all the stuff that they do during the week. Unless they're putting money in the team as well, 
then it's not necessarily the best option for East Fife at this point. And I don't know where all this money is suddenly going to be coming from. In a poor area of Scotland, during a financial crisis, all of a sudden we're meant to have all these funds available. Yeah, and I mean, do, do we have an idea, like, you know, if we're sort of saying community clubs don't or can't really, you know, put extra investment in, does anybody have any idea how much extra investment is put in T's Fife over the past five years? I know, you know, you had guys like Lee Murray and Willie Gray coming in and chucking money about, but the impression I get is that we're not getting investment right now, and... I don't think we should, I don't think it's realistic to expect that, you know, benign dictatorship is probably what you want from a football club. Someone coming in who's got a bit of money, got the club's best interest at heart, isn't going to go mental and just takes care of the club. But that's probably not going to happen. I, I mean, Lee, Mur- Lee Murray left us 200 grand in debt. The, mm-hmm. the club almost folded because of him. We, we don't need a shit businessman. We need somebody that's got a bit of cash to invest somebody that's going to come in and, you know, the, the club at the heart of everything that they do. You know, I would love to see one of the, a, a local businessman or a company with local roots come in and, and just acquire us. You know what I mean? If you have a look at the likes of Darville or Kilmarnock even, for example, who are owned by local multi-millionaire companies that just like, right, okay, we're in this community, Say Stuart's the bakers, right? I don't know how much money they've got, but it's just the first people that came to my head. You know, what's to stop somebody like them if they say make a couple of million pound profit a year ago? You want to know what? This is right across the road from our factory. Um, you know, we're ingrained, you know, in Buckhaven in the, the Fife area. Let's go out and back his Fife. You would much rather have somebody like that than being potentially, and, and I'm speaking completely ill-advised, which is, again, why I'm going into the the meeting on Thursday with an open mind, but I just, I, I can't think about how the being community-owned will support our long-term ambitions. Mm-hmm. If we if uh, we go community-owned, is it going to make us any better than we are right now? I'll add in something. Um, I, right, I don't think I could give a shit. We need ranking out of the club. This board don't have a fucking clue what they're doing. They've, we're sinking massively so anything is worth looking into anything because we, we need mm. no i know but i'm just I'm saying we're, we're, you know we're kind of poo-pooing what it's all about but the bottom line is at least there's going to be a discussion being had i think by all accounts rankings moved slightly from needing everything in a big quack up yeah. front and there's a possibility you might be thinking about doing it whether it's gradually or not but anything's better than this anything's better than this we've got an owner who doesn't give a shit We've got a board that aren't making any good decisions since COVID. And that's, that was quite a while ago now. And we're sinking and we're going to be gone soon. So anything's better. So, look, I agree the chances of it happening are probably quite small, but it's got to be better than this. Got to be. It, it, it's worth looking at as long as there is a decent long-term financial strategy. And it's not just focusing on the community aspect of it. It has to focus on our main business which is being a football club in the Scottish Football League. And that has to be what takes the priority. Our current long-term financial status is is what? Yeah, it's poor just now. Yeah, but we we don't have someone putting hundreds of grands in every year. But I think we don't... 
we'd all agree, like, uh, you know, a millionaire who has the best interests of his Fife at heart coming in and taking control and running it brilliantly is number one. Like, yeah. That's, that's what you'd love. I think, you know, beyond that, like, let's say we don't have that right now. I mean, we, we don't have it. I mean, nothing's to stop someone like that buying East Fife for the past 20 years. It hasn't happened. Um, and unless there's a good reason to think it might happen, I think of the options that we have, community run would be better than what we have. Uh, so you know, if that's if that if those are our two options, I'll 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 support community owned very strongly over you know an absentee owner. Yeah. And I, I want to I want to try and like reinforce. My, my point. I would love nothing more than ranking out of our club. I was, I, I, and that that is priority number one. But I think that we need to make sure that if we go down the community route, that there's a strong and sustainable plan. Because if we think about the last time that we tried to buy out ranking shares, it involved fans having to put their hand into their own pocket, pay a monthly fee, and I don't think you could ask fans to do that in the current financial climate like I mean my ga- my gas and electric bills like I work from home the last two months have been over £400 a month oh, like geez. so that gives you an idea like people's money right now is tighter than ever tighter than ever so I, but, you've I got think, to, but, but you've got to ask the question you've got you, of because, course you've got to ask the question yeah I think that's all they do yeah I mean we'll find out on Thursday I just I don't know how fleshed out this is. I thought it was... I, when I first heard about it, I thought it was maybe more advanced than I think it might actually be. And I guess we'll we'll find out more on Thursday. So, does, does anybody, I was talking about this with my dad today, and it's like, you know, the fact that Rankin's got half a million quid in, in East Fife for 20-odd years, I think there's a tendency to think, oh, there must be a, there must be a reason that we don't know about this, because... You know, yeah. like Alison, if you'd stuck half a million quid twenty years ago in a fucking bank account, you'd yeah. have a lot e- more than half a even million the quid. lowest easy access account. She'd have yeah, made yeah. more money out of it. Like Clydesdale Junior Savers account, or if he just bought some properties twenty years ago, he'd have probably at least doubled his money. Yeah, but he did half but it was a million. Not purely a land thing, because I remember at the time when mm. you had all these grand plans of this massive energy park, and you know. And I'm guessing it was probably quite a good investment in terms of that land might be worth something. As it turns out, it's probably not. We're we're kind of long past the point where if that was what it was, it's not happening anymore. So you know, but nobody's look, offered nobody's offered them money. Yeah, I, really. I mean, sure, but you know, so like the only part of the ground that he owns is the stadium, but it sits on, and I think like say twenty to twenty-five meters either side. Round mm. that belongs to East Fife. Everything else is already owned by Rankin. So you know, the, the, unless he's going to sell our stadium and build an ASDA on it, then it's, it's not going to make him an awful lot of money. And it, it, would that tiny bit of land be worth half a million pounds? Absolutely not. He's wanting this, I believe, for his retirement fund. Right? He got half a million when he sold his shares in Dumbarton. And that's what he's going to be hanging on for again because he's a businessman. Okay, but 
the half a million, I don't know how old he is, I don't know when he plans to retire, but the half a million he could get right now is worth more than the half a million he might get in 10 years' time. And it's certainly worth a shitload less than the half a million he paid for it 20 years ago. Like, it's just money sitting there not doing anything. Like, yeah. And, that, and that's, that's, that's... Yeah, it's always been a puzzle. But this, yeah. and this is the bit that I don't understand. And somebody that's got more knowledge of this situation, please explain it to me. But Wraith Rovers came out and said, we're up for fucking sale. Somebody make me an offer. And guess what? People made fucking offers. Rankin sits there with his dick in his hand, all cloak and dagger in his fucking castle in Inverkeithen or wherever the fuck he stays. Why doesn't he just come out or get Lorraine to come out, fucking Lorraine, to come out and just say, I'm open to the sale of East Fife? And you I know. Don't come in and, and offer him the money. You yeah. know what I mean? Is it not we, Sammy Twig? Sorry? Is it not we, Sammy Twig? Lady Sammy Twigger, whatever she's called. She's still like, thirty three now. Yeah, uh, you're, you're still a ten year old girl. She's probably in her mid thirties. Probably a grandma now. She's like, she's like, this is great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire at forty because I'm just gonna pawn off this football club. But, but the thing is, but if he hadn't put half a million into his five, if he just put it in a bank account, yeah. he'd have a lot more than half a million now. It's been a terrible financial we, decision, uh-huh. right? Have we at least sort of gone to the Guinness Book of Records or somewhere and tried to make the most of the fact that we were owned by a nine-year-old girl? She was 12. <laughs> but to be fair, I don't think that he stuck half a million pounds in because remember, he got his shares on the absolute cheap for Danskin. Uh, for Danskin. Oh, of course, yeah, because Derek Brown went around to try and get someone to buy all the stuff. Yeah, they had to get, um, and they got uh, it for pennies. Yeah. So that's that's where that that comes from. He didn't sink half a million in, but that's what he um, wants. To that's what the shares are worth. No, you're so, right. Yeah, it's not. He's like, I bought, I bought them for two quid, and I want four pound fifty. Yeah. you know, it's it's that whole old adage from the Sopranos: "Fuck you, pay me." Right? Uh, that's uh, sorry, Goodfellas even. Fuck you, pay me. That's literally what his mantra is. But like I've said right at the start of that conversation. Just save it up for sale. Go and stick mm-hmm. a fucking your sign out the front of the building. East Five Football Club are, welcome, are open, um, open to offers. Manchester United have done it. Liverpool have done it. Chelsea have done it all in the last couple of years now. I know that they're total kettle, different kettle fish. That there'll be people scrambling to buy them. But you're not trying to tell me that there's maybe somebody going, maybe fancied buying a football club. They stick it up for sale. Lo and behold. I mean, did. fucking Ryan Reynolds bought Wrexham, right? Like, that's yep. fucked I mean, if you've got, if you want to make this half a million, exactly, why not tell people you want money yeah. for what you have? Because, like, like, again, this might be pie in the sky. Are you not telling me that there's not some football club somewhere in the world that might not look at a club like East Fife and think, you know what, they could be our feeder club? Yeah. Like, Man City own clubs all over the place. Yeah. I'm not saying Man City's going to buy a I club mean, like East Fife, but you could have a German team or a French team or a Belgian Uruguay, team that's like, Uruguay oh, yeah, you, yeah, I'll, maybe that's I'll what you were down to, sorting out I'll for us. Yeah, yeah. There's a, one of the big clubs in Uruguay, Peñarol, they play in black and gold. They might want a... So they do. They yeah. But, but, I mean, he, he doesn't have to sell us. It's, it's his. Do you know what I mean? It's. Uh, yeah, he can do what he wants with it. I, I, I think because he, it's been a bit shit, we're always like, you know, fuck you, get out of our club, but he's probably sitting there. He doesn't give a shit. Nope. You know, he, nope. he, he doesn't care. If, if we went bust and he only makes 200, 200 grand or whatever off land or whatever, 
I don't think it was. It's not going to kill him, is it? Oh, here's an, here's an idea just to finish this off. It's our hundredth episode next time around. How about we get ranking on the show? <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. Can we can we do it in person though? <laughs> I'll we fly over whole, for it. I'll tell. <laughs> we get the whole family, the rankings. Ooh, we get yeah. <laughs> come from Inverkeithen. <laughs> <laughs> the bastards aren't for leaving. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's, there's something in that, Michael. Can, can you repurpose it? Yeah, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> right, let's wrap this thing up because Doug's got an early flight to catch. I bought a PlayStation 5 two days ago on an impulse, so I want to dig into that. <laughs> and yeah, we'll let everyone else get to bed or whatever. So just before we go, final thoughts. Any fun things that's caught your eye this week? Let's start with the new jet setter on our team, Doug. I've got two uh, quick ones. Uh, one was from today's game. There was a, uh, I was with my mate Ewan, who sits with kids and all that, uh, up at the CN, and there was a couple of wee boys mucking about in the seats. Just before East Vice scored, the boy took a wee fall and I think, to be fair, hit his head off the concrete ground and was lying there crying. His dad went over to console him. Healy then pings at the top corner and his dad forgets his kid. And <laughs> Honestly, it was absolutely hilarious. Celebrating the goal and then eventually went back. <laughs> right. The child was fine. Uh, my second thing was, um, because I'm going to be f- travelling quite a bit, I bought a laptop, bought Football Manager 2023, Ooh. went East 5, and fucking Jim Stevenson sacked me in fifth <laughs> position for about 10 games to go. Bastard. Did you did you get did you get sacked for uh, fining Scott Mercer into oblivion? <laughs> no, although although another very quick one was I didn't even realise after about three games that I had Scott Mercer taking free kicks, and <laughs> Greg McDon- and Greg McDonald, who was my assistant, um, put, a, put a message up saying uh, Scott Mercer shouldn't be taking free kicks. He's one of the worst free kick takers in the club. <laughs> <laughs> So when you got fired, by the way, did Greg take over from you? Uh, No, Stevie Aitken got the job. There you go. (laughs) It's more realistic. Like 20 years ago, it'd be like Louis Van Hal. (laughs) Since Scott Scott Mercer stopped taking free kicks, we've had Shepard hit the bar, we've had Healy hit the bar, we've actually looked like we might score from a free kick instead of just fucking passing them back. So, Gordon, any final thoughts from you? Um, what did you bring us back from Uruguay? Um, good wishes. Awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll take that. I did. Like, there was one one shout today. I enjoyed watching Dan Young on the touchline because he's, you know, he's like a he's like a wee he's like Still a wee gremlin on the touchline. <laughs> he gets so excited. <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy one shout with someone like, "Oh, yeah, you weren't like that when you were with us." <laughs> And I was like, he literally fucking tackled an Airdrie player. You know, he, he literally ran out the dugout and slide tackled an Airdrie player, tripped up an Airdrie player. He was terrible with us, but, you know, he was our wee gremlin, so we didn't mind him too much. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I'm going to give Darren Young top shithousery points today. He gets three points for shithousery today because... One of the, at one point, Greg gets the ball and and like they've got a chance to make a break and Greg like back heels it away from him 
and you see Darren give Greg like the desk there, right? Then the next minute, like we've got a chance to get the ball, and Darren Young looks directly at Greg and dummies it. I thought, oh, <laughs> absolutely brilliant! I was, I was loving that. And I mean, he's had a red card and a yellow card in his last two visits here. He fucking hates us. What one <laughs> last one last thing that I think we someone needs to do? We need to film Greg doing his rapid clapping. Which he loves. Like it, it's, but, but put it put it to the friends theme tune. Oh, you know, where they do the clap bit. Because I th- I think he's got it nailed, like timing wise. Oh, interesting. Anything else from you, Lee? No, um, I'll be in Rovers next week. Um, away from home, six point R. They didn't sell Charlie Riley, which I really, 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 really hope they would because he is a very good player. Um, and conf- it's like surprising because lots of folk in Coatbridge sell Charlie. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Shout of the game. Well done. Um, so last time I went through there, we got absolutely pumped, but escaped while one 0 victory from a Liam Newton header. I would love to leave um, with a one 0 victory from a Liam Newton header next week, oh. or, or or a new striker and uh, winger and centre mid and left back and right back all to be played. That would be very nice. Final thing from me, a team that none of you will have heard of. They're called TSS Rovers from here in Vancouver. Oh, hey, man. Yeah, their community, well, they're partly fan-owned. So what they did last, like, this is a team that started as a private academy, and I'll keep this as short as I can. They they struggled to get invited into proper BC soccer because they were a a pay-to-play academy. So after lots of fighting and court cases, they got into the system. They started an adult men's team, they were in an American league and then COVID shut that down. So then there's a new league started here. They won it last year in the first year of it, which got them into the Canadian Championship. So they, this small team, is now in with like TFC, Vancouver, uh, Montreal. And they're in this Canadian Championship, which if the winner of the Canadian Championship can get into the Champions League, so they're three games away now from being in the CONCACAF Champions League, they started fan ownership last year and they got over 300 owners they raised $260,000 for this tiny little club so it shows that dreams can happen you can do it and maybe that's just what we need to do here give us $260,000 people can like choose the team on the app and stuff like that make it all Ebb's fleet wasn't it yeah, that, that turned into a disaster though. It nearly that put them out of business. Just let people make like really shit decisions on the app. Like there'll be a, like a new pie type. They can vote on that. Uh, if, if you not read you, reaction online after our games, I wouldn't let our fans pick anything. If you if you if you do that, you'll probably get like really horrendous calls like broken walls at right back. <laughs> it would be, would be Easter Scotland League. Division 2B at this rate, I think, if we did that. But anyway, it is possible. Let's hope the meeting on Thursday is good and we get some some positive going out of it. We'll talk about it in the next show. Our next show is our 100th episode. We haven't planned exactly what we're doing yet. Let us know what you would like us to do and we'll see if we can make it happen. Until then, as always, thank you for listening to us. You can follow us on Twitter, Glory Days of Gold. Get in touch, glorydaysofgold at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back soon. More than the five.
Port Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait Broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more 